a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, if you have your calamity countdown clock ticking away, it's 16 days until once again. The United States will go off the fiscal cliff. Congress has to figure out a way to raise the debt ceiling. It has to pass a budget to fund the government. And if you're thinking to yourself, didn't we just do this in October? Uh, You would be absolutely correct. And so often we see the headlines, and it's been all quiet on the debt deficit and debt ceiling front uh, since they passed this resolution, uh, extending it uh, to the 3rd of October. And all has been quiet. But now we're 16 days away, which is only about five or six working days in congressional time. Uh, So what is it behind the headlines? And what is all this talk of these cliffs and crisis? What does that prevent us from really talking about? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we do know the calendar is coming. It always does. And we continue to have these debates and kicking cans down the road and all of those kinds of things. And to help us break it all down, uh, because this is preventing us from having a more crucial conversation. And Jonathan Bidlack is the policy director of governance and a resident fellow, uh, senior resident fellow at the R Street Institute and joins us on the line. Jonathan, welcome back to the program. You bet. Thanks for having me. Uh, so let's let's get into this whole thing of are are we having the wrong? I know we're going to have another big thing. I, I was going to play the scary music and the gravelly voice guy, but I, I thought I'd save that uh, for, for you for another day. Uh, but you make the case regularly that this often prevents us from having a far more important conversation. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I mean, at the end of the day, spending is kind of the core problem that we have. I mean, when we talk about, you know, going over the fiscal cliff or not being able to fund the government or even other things, just like, you know, why is there always an emphasis on, on you know, the need to raise taxes? Uh, you know, I would argue that it, it comes down pretty clearly to the fact that we are spending beyond our means. I mean, we, we raise taxes because we spend more than we uh uh, you know, than we take in and are otherwise forced to borrow. We end up going over and uh, running up our debt as a result. And, and, you know, hence we bump up against the, the debt ceiling and have to, you know, put the emphasis on raising it from time to time. And, you know, and then, of course, there's, there's this question about having the, the funds available to go and uh, run the government to begin with. And, and of course, a lot of that, a lot of that problem also stems from the fact that we are uh, oftentimes spending a ton. So, you know, to me, I think that we have these consistent crises and, you know they uh, they distract from the core question, which is what should the proper the proper role of government be? What should the proper size and scope of government be? And uh, you know, and, and to some degree, I mean, if if you were 
I suppose, uh, you know, more cynical than I would be. I think I know plenty of people who think that, you know, the system is designed this way for a reason in the sense, just to uh, uh, to make sure we're all fighting over these things and we're kind of ignoring uh, some of those more crucial core questions. Yeah, the, the, the shiny object of uh, these fiscal cliffs and crises that seem to be manufactured uh, on a regular basis. I don't know what you're hearing in Washington. My sources are telling me that uh, the, the rumblings are currently uh, that they're just going to, they're just going to fund the government to just do a continuing resolution for maybe a couple of weeks, you know, just so they can get it right up before the uh, the Christmas recess and, and have a little extra leverage uh, when, of course, we all know that the, the great uh, elixir and lubricant in Washington is the jet fumes at uh, Washington Reagan when members are trying to get out of town. Uh, if they do this for just a couple of weeks, is that not just a uh, – to me, that's just an affront on – Every American and every American family that sits around the table or every entrepreneur that sits around the table makes a budget and figures out how to live within their means. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I think, you know, I don't necessarily have as much of a problem, I suppose, as uh, as many people do with continuing resolutions. I mean, you know, I, I would almost rather that they were keeping spending, uh, you know, reasonably consistent and at current levels rather than working to raise it even beyond that. But, <laughs> right. but it is true that, you know, we do have a process that should be followed. And I think generally speaking, you know, you do get better better outcomes when you follow that process. But of course, you know, we haven't really followed our, our correct budgeting process in its entirety since the mid-1990s. I think it's, you know, 24 years, 25 years now. So, uh, you know, that's, I think that's a big part of the problem, but is that no one, no one is really even in Congress anymore who remembers when that process worked properly. And so, you know, we fall back and we rely on these sort of stopgap measures because to some degree, that's all, that's all we know. But, uh, you know, I, I think, that uh, there is, uh, I think that sometimes people make a bigger deal out of that than they should. I mean, again, you know, the real debate really should be about, you know, what do we want to spend on and how much do we want to spend? Uh, and, uh, you know, theoretically, a budget is supposed to provide a blueprint. We're supposed to go and, and authorize and then appropriate spending. But, um, you know, that's the, that's, that's the problem that we find ourselves in right now is that, is that you know, the collective memory of, of most of those people serving within Congress uh, just don't really doesn't really, you know, uh, have any sort of recollection of what, what a functioning process even looked like. Uh, that is so fascinating. We we have this uh, really radical thing here in the state of Utah uh, that the Constitution of the state of Utah says that uh, the legislature has to balance the budget every single year. They have to account for all the pennies and nickels and dimes that come in, and they have to tell where they got spent and uh, what they're doing moving forward. Uh, and I think you're right in terms of Congress just following the process in terms of appropriations and votes and uh, doing all of that, uh, which, again, is so interesting to think of that there probably aren't very many in Congress. There may not be anyone in Congress who remembers that process being done right. Uh, we also noted not too long ago that uh, when the fiscal year ended at the end of September, uh, that the the government actually took in more in revenue uh, than they than they ever have. It was uh, the largest increase, I think, in like 44 years. Even in the midst of a pandemic, uh, over four mm-hmm. trillion dollars came in. Uh, so again, to me, it, it is a debate not uh, uh, about money coming in. I think there's uh, enough and to spare there. It's it's more the debate we need to have around how should we spend that money. 
Yeah, it's it's sort of the forgotten side of the coin. You know, I think that to some degree, it's much easier to talk about taxes or talk about revenue because, you know, nobody likes their taxes being raised. And so it's kind of easier to go and oppose. And, and you know, there are, there's sort of a, it's a different kind of discussion because people are impacted much more directly by changes that are made in, in tax rates, either up or down. Whereas on the spending side, it becomes a lot more, you know, sort of, um, I don't know, it, it, it's very uh, ephemeral in the sense that, you know, it, Oftentimes, in normal times, it's hard to explain how does increased government spending impact interest rates or potentially lead to inflation or what have you. And, you know, obviously we're in a situation right now, I think these last, you know, maybe three to three to six months where, you know, the topic of inflation has become, you know, maybe the, the economic issue du jour anyway, where for a long time we've operated under this assumption that, that you know, government spending or, or government actions, broadly speaking, uh, don't have any real consequences. And so as a result, everyone has sort of just forgotten about these kinds of debates and have focused to the degree that they have uh, talked about fiscal policy, just about about taxes or about about revenue. But you know now we're now we're of course having a little bit more of a discussion, a little more nuanced discussion about whether or not all of the the stimulus and the incredible amounts of spending that have been injected into the economy over the last year and a half or clo- closing in on two years um, was a good idea and 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 how we kind of deal with it right now and so you know it's a, it's an unfortunate reality of, you know that that we find ourselves in a situation where the only time we really seem to talk about this this issue is when something bad is happening in this case uh in this case inflation yeah absolutely jonathan bidlack policy director of governance and resident senior fellow at the r street institute I always appreciate his perspective on all of this and one of the things that uh, that he has shared with us in the past uh is that the failure of congress to conduct this due diligence uh, has turned public debates into a rush to shove money at things and declare mission accomplished But all that is accomplished is duplicative spending, overlooked issues of fraud, mismanagement, and short-term political victories over long-term planning. Uh, That's really great insight, and I wish everyone in Washington would understand that. And I wish they'd look at the model that Utah is following. We're going to talk about Utah's money, the surplus, what that means, where that goes just a little bit later on today. Stay with us. Uh, Much more to come. And again, 16 days till calamity. Uh, It shouldn't be. But soon we will hear from our politicians that it is. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.